Hello and welcome to today's show and podcast of the the Book of Nas show. Hello, I'm your host Anthony Perdomo, and today we will be analyzing chapter eight and chapter one from text section two of the 1984 book. There's nothing else to say. Another day, another chapter, and stay tuned for tomorrow's chapter as well. This is Anthony Perdomo. Roll the intro. Well, now we know a lot, a lot more about the characters and the dystopian area, but let's start with chapter eight. <clears throat> so, it begins with where Winston goes for a walk through the Pole District. We all know what the Pole District is. It's basically where the common people live, the people who don't have a specific job in the actual, like, let's say, uh, council or et cetera. So, Winston envies the simple lives of the common people, the trolls. Because well, they their lives are very simple and there's no they have no worries about anything. So he enters a, a pub where he sees an old man who has a pos- who he thinks has a possible link to the past. He talks to the old man and tries to assert a certain weather in the days before the party. So basically, he's trying to communicate with the man to learn more about the past because he was a very old man who seemed like he lived during the unspeakable times. He well yeah. People who really exploited by bloated capitalists as a rep- as a party records claim. So basically, he talks to an old man and tries to basically assert whether in the days before the party people really exploited the by bloat were really exploited by bloated capitalists as a party records claim. He's trying to catch a lie and catch catch a lie on the party, and he's trying to see his uh, troll and prove that the party is well lying. And the only problem with that is that the old man's memory is too vague to provide an answer. So Winston ends up forgetting and like wanting to know more about the past, but there aren't any any pros left who because even the oldest ones would inevitably forget forget the past. So Winston walks to the secondhand store in which he bought the diary and buys a clear gas glass paperweight with a pink coral center. From Mr. Sherrington. He goes to the same place. Or like kind of like a thrift store. Where he got the diary from. Where he's also not even supposed to go to. Because um, people of high, such high rank as Winston. Aren't supposed to be buying things from simpletons. Like Mr. Sherrington. Or from a place like a thrift store. So the proprietor. Mr. Sherrington. Takes him upstairs to a private room with no touchscreen. A place where the government can't spy on him where a print of St. Clement's Church looks down from the wall, evoking the old rhyme, Oranges and lemons say the bells of St. Clement's, you owe me three farthings, they say, say the bells of St. Martin's. Hmm, that's very, very interesting, and I feel like something that we should note for, for the future. So let's take a little recap. So basically, Winston wants to know more about the past. He wants to learn what about the, un- the unspeakable times, a time that was lied to because right now the past that they know is a lie because the government, or should I say Big Brother, is keeping them from knowing the past. So he decides to go to the pros who live like in peace and, and know, are basically the common people. And he asked the oldest man he could find, but the oldest man couldn't find anything. 
So he decides to go to the same place where he buys a diary to buy a, a, a glass paperweight. So on the way home, Winston sees a figure in blue party overalls. The dark-haired girl apparently followed, following him. Hmm. The dark-haired girl, who he believed to be a spy, is following him. That's very terrifying. And he is obviously very scared because he imagines, because like he even imagines how he would react with it. He said it says that he imagines hitting her with a cobblestone or with a paperweight in his, in his pocket. Because, obviously, he's terrified and he doesn't want anybody else to find out about what he's doing and thinking. So, he hurries home and decides that the best thing he could do is commit suicide before the party catches him. He believes that by committing suicide, the party can't take his his secrets away or what he was trying to do. So, he decides that that would be the best option. Because he realizes that if the top police catches him, they will torture him before they kill him. And he doesn't want to be tortured. He doesn't want to die with pain he wants a quick easy death through suicide and he tries to calm himself by thinking about o'brien and about the place where there's no darkness that o'brien mentioned in winston's dream he starts thinking about the only other person that agrees with him and believes in him o'brien and this makes winston feel less worried because he knows that someone else shares the same mentality as him and has a common interest which is taken from finding the corruption in the government uh, Winston is very troubled, so he takes a coin from his pocket and looks into the face of Big Brother, where obviously most of most of the dollars, most of the currency had, or should I say, all of them had Big Brother's face in it, and he couldn't help but recall the slogan from the party: "War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength." And that's that's kind of the end of the chapter. There's nothing really else to say, but it, he is planning on. I feel like this chapter explains that we're starting to get into a climax of the story where he decides to over like go against the government and rebel because he's getting to the stages where he's trying to find out as much as possible before anything happens. Well, and that was the end of the chapter. So I feel like the most logical thing is to go to the next section. The weird thing about the book is that it's technically three books in one. So this is chapter one of book two in 1984. Well, now that we clear it up and if you watch more of my videos, then I'm not. I'm probably not going to refer to book the, the different sections as book two or section two i'm just gonna go back to chapter one and i just have it in my title as book two or section two so that shows that you really do have to read and analyze more my 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 podcast and if you haven't seen any of the most recent ones i suggest you watch the first the the most the first two to now episodes so you can get a clear understanding of what we're talking about so chapter one begins with Winston. At work one morning, Winston walks towards the men's room and notices a dark-haired girl with her arms in a sling. Oh, the dark-haired girl that appeared to be following him in chapter in chapter 8. That's interesting. The dark-haired girl falls, and when Winston helps her up, she passes him a note that reads, I love you. Up, oh, up. Oh. That's very interesting. Turns out, 
it's not the, it's not because of the fact that she was a spy that she was following Winston. It was because this entire time he liked her and he he should I say she liked him. Mm. So Winston tries desperately to figure out the note's meaning because Winston believes that the note doesn't like she does this that she doesn't mean that he loves that she loves him. He believes that that's a code word for something and that she's. It's uh he has to decode the word the sentence I love you to find out the true meaning. He had a long suspect he had long suspected that the dark haired girl is a political spy monitoring his behavior, and but now she claims to love him, and that's what confuses Winston even more because from from thinking that she's a spy to now being a secret admirer, he he doesn't believe it. He he t- he tries his best to not believe it and to to think that all of this is a lie, and there's something behind all of this. Before Winston can obviously fully comprehend this development because he doesn't really understand it, Parson interrupts him with a talk about his preparations for Hate Week. Again, Hate Week is basically an entire week. Like we all remember the two minutes of hate. It's basically the same thing, but this time it's an entire week that's spent on just hangings and and hating on other people that corrupt the government and just violent actions toward the people who uh, disagree with the or should I say are overrunning or overriding the government. So the note from the dark haired girl makes Winston feel a sudden powerful desire to live. Let's remember the fact that in chapter eight he wanted to kill himself before he could obviously the party could get him or the thought police could get him. So knowing that someone loves him makes and he might never might might not die alone makes him want to live any, even more and fight even more for the, the to prove that the government is corrupt or should I say Big Brother is corrupt. After several days of nervous tension during which he does not speak to her, Winston manages to sit at the same lunchroom table as her. So I guess Winston is just building up the courage to continue talking to her to try finally find a soulmate that can bring him what he wants, unlike Catherine. And obviously he spends a few weeks very, very nervous because it's something that was so random. And they they end up they end up looking down as they converse to avoid being noticed and plan a meeting in the Victory Square where they will be able to hide from the touchscreens amid the movement of the crowds. So during this time they're already in hate week. And uh, there's going to be many, many people there. And Winston, they both have a love for each other. But we have to remember that the, that love and the liking of two people is technically illegal or bad, considered bad, and considered to be um, punishable. So they decide to go somewhere where no one will see them. And they even try to avoid making eye contact so that no one can see them talking and believe that they are, that they are in love. But the problem with this is that they have to try avoiding the entire um, entire crowd, which is very hard because there's going to be a big crowd due to hate week. So they, they end up meeting themselves in the square and witness a convoy of Eurasian prisoners being tormented by a venomous crowd. Again, like I said, during this hate week, the, the main goal is to kill all of the people who, or torture all of the people who oppose the government or are seen as treasoning. So... The girl gives Winston directions to a place where they can have their tr- their trice, as they would say it, instructing him to take a train from Paddington Station to the countryside. 
they're, they're, they tend, they end up making a plan to meet somewhere where no one will ever see them, and they can live, they, they can be, they can hold their secrecies. So they manage to hold hands briefly. They manage to, that's how you know both of them like each other, and both of them have love for each other. They manage to go one step further from just talking to holding hands. And after that, the chapter ends. And this was a very nice and short episode, or should I say, a nice and short chapter that was very, that explained something very interesting, which is Winston's new love, or Winston's um, new love life, which is very interesting. So, get prepared for tomorrow, where we're going to definitely begin more about book two of the, the 1984 book. So, don't forget. Tomorrow, I will be posting a new episode, and don't miss it because, well, I need the viewers. <laughs> so, this is your host, Anthony Perdomo, and this was The Book Analysis Show. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.